1: if you dare
2: hey money movers welcome back to money moves the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability wealth and abundance Hey everyone, welcome to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood. Let me tell you, I'm here and I'm ready for abundance. I'm ready for wealth, success, and everything that brings for us. The kind that only the right business model can bring you. We've already dove into the enigma that is cryptocurrency. And with the help of our expert and several other guests, we were really able to get an understanding of what cryptocurrency and blockchain actually are, which is great, but What's the point? How do we use this? How does this apply in our lives? Here's the thing. Even on a basic day-to-day level, cryptocurrency can be used. Major companies such as Microsoft, AT&T, and even some Burger Kings are accepting cryptocurrency as payment. It's slowly creeping into our everyday lives and we have to wonder why these companies see something like cryptocurrency and blockchain as an asset to their day-to-day practices and their P&Ls. Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, stated that the franchise would be accepting three different types of cryptocurrency because of its usage benefit to society. But let's be real. There has got to be some major benefits to the Mavericks business model as well. And I wanna know what those are. To help us gain an understanding of how we should really be framing our mindsets around the use of blockchain and cryptocurrency when it comes to entrepreneurship, she is the CEO and founder of The Labs, an interactive events platform company that makes it easy for brands to create online interactive events. She's been the president and CEO of the Allen Group IT Management and was the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's 2019 Woman of the Year for Technology. Farah, it's a pleasure to have you back. It's always good to see you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good to be here. Okay, so I want to start off today because, you know, I have so many people on the Money Moves audience that are curious about how to make the leap into entrepreneurship, and you have done not only that, but you've also used one of the hottest technologies, blockchain, and embedded that into one of your first ventures. Can we talk about how you took the leap into entrepreneurship and used blockchain, and how it feels to really dive into entrepreneurship?
3: Yeah, so how I got in was because of my husband. He was in the music industry and um, I was just surrounded by the problem with the music creators and their IP and them, you know, really feeling you know, salty at the end of the yeah. day because of the whole process and technology not helping them with their professional
2: responsibilities versus their creative responsibilities. It's so funny because I'm going to stop you there and say this is the classic like dreamer's (laughs) dilemma. Like, oh, this problem drives me crazy. I'm losing sleep over it. If only this existed. And that is like the essence of entrepreneurship. Like, how do I change something in this world to build something from nothing and build something valuable? So I mean, and it's in an industry as hot as the music industry, I love it. So please, I can't wait to hear more.
3: Yeah, so I felt a passion for it. I'm a creator myself, went to architecture school, I design, I was musical as well, playing instruments um, growing up and into college. So I understood the dilemma and Mm -hmm. I wanted to to assist and bring my technology skills to the table and that's what I did. So that's where it all started. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about the problem, researching the problem. Customer discovery. I mean, I know everything there was to know about the industry, the technology and industry, competitive advantage, not competitive advantage, like certain things that you as an entrepreneur should know or research before you even start. You wanna make sure it's worth your
2: time. Oh my gosh, I have to pause you right there because This is like key for early stage entrepreneurs. You might have a great idea. It might be amazing. Your mom, your girlfriend, your husband is going to be like, oh, your baby is so beautiful. This idea is just incredible. But customer discovery, what you just said there, actually doing the time to research. Are people going to pay for this? Is this something that's like just nice to have? Or is this something that people will pay, you know, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people that you can gain revenue. So I just love that you said that because that's such a key to winning and creating a winning business. That,
3: that is so true. And you know what? We kind of get salted because, you know, growing up, we're, we're taught if you build it, they should come. Yes. That's, that's not true. Like not not for everything. It's yeah. With all scenarios, especially if you're a technology company, if you build it and you don't have um, a clue if people want to buy it, you are out of a lot of money. Yes, time. So the process of customer discovery is so critical in software development, hardware, any of those fields. I, I say, if you build it, you need to make sure it's a market and it's a big market. (laughs) I agree. I
2: agree. Describe how you built your company and you had this idea and, you know, what was it about blockchain that you felt could really help fix this problem in the music industry?
3: Yeah. So at the time I was doing it, one of the big headlines uh, or multiple headlines was folks being sued because of copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. Someone saying their band member now wants, royalty checks, and there's no proof that that band member was even on the band, (laughs) or wrote anything. And um, that idea was really around and our, my idea was really around, how do we avoid those scenarios where Mm -hmm. people don't remember, don't have any proof of what actually transpired during the creative process? It was like, how do we have a trusted system with Doing this, right, and blockchain was an obvious solution. And people just started talking about that in the music space, right? I think there was like three companies at that time, yeah, um, trying all solutions around it. And it wasn't anything around. Let's start it from the beginning of the process. It was really like this heavy duty. Let's bring all the major record labels together to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Of never working, <laughs> but my problem, my solution was really starting from the very beginning and starting with the creation
2: process. And so that's like where the, the- a bunch of people in the studio working from that process. So as you're creating, you're making these beats, you're embedding it in the blockchain.
3: Correct. Correct. it's You're so ready. funny
2: because your example to me like really hit home i'm picturing a bunch of people in the studio it's 3 a.m people are drinking and then five years later someone pops up and they're like i was there and they're like i don't remember
3: <laughs> it
2: Happens all the time and you know what majority of the time it's not even
3: the, the studio is one place, right? You might spend a couple hours there, but the following days and the six months that you're taking sometimes mm-hmm. is all gone through file exchanges, right? through text messaging, ah. through WhatsApp, through email. It's all over the place. It's not just a studio problem. And so when I really dug down research, it was a file sharing problem. It was a writing word problem Interesting. And we there and we work our way into the studio and we make sure you have a sign in of who actually is here, whether they contributed or not, mm-hmm. uh, make sure you're, you know, if people are signing off their rights to actually owning their work for hire, you know, knowing all these things beforehand, keeping it in a good place and having it as a leisure was all that blockchain
2: brought to the table and that's why we used it. I love that. Okay just to go a little bit deeper into that for those folks that are at home and they're thinking about hey i'd love to build a business on the blockchain and they're trying to start a company you've done it before did you actually do the coding yourself or how did you go about finding somebody to help you be the cto and create the technology to then embed into your business
3: so my CTO, um, I found after I came up with the idea mm-hmm. and it, it's really not, you don't start by saying, I want to use blockchain. You start by saying, how are we going to solve the problem? Right? So I got him based on the Probably. problem <laughs> the, and someone reliable who can, pro- who can help me manage the technology project out, scale, all mm-hmm. those attributes for good CTO. And then, um, when we found out that hey, I think we need to go in the direction of using blockchain, we picked a technology or a, we, we picked um we picked a technology that C engineers mm-hmm. knew that crypto, that security like language. And they, you know, got someone early on to be a part of our, our, our starting team. And they learned because it was a part of the, the code that they already knew. Oh, wow. It was just their, you know, adjusting and figuring out how to implement it into our system. So it wasn't us going out to find a block for say a blockchain yep. engineer because at the time there was like a hundred of them. <laughs> uh, it was really us finding someone with the skill set to learn and to join our team because we didn't have money to pay them like that. Right.
0: Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.
2: Oh, I mean, this is just such a beneficial story because I think a lot of people have an idea and they might have, you know, incredible business acumen, but they get stuck on the fact that they're like, I'm not technical, I can't code. So how do I get to the next level? So you sharing your story saying, look, I had to go out and find somebody who I could give equity because I had no money in the company, who believed in the dream of what we were building and together we could then join forces. And that's, you know, really the essence of like early stage entrepreneurship, it's one person and their idea, meeting another person and building together. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. And I hope that it motivates more people in our audience um, to really dive into entrepreneurship and not be afraid of technology like the blockchain so Farah, take us back on your entrepreneurial journey now you've built a beta product and you're launching it you've already told us and sort of given us a little bit of the secret like you got some heavy hitter customers like comcast but take us back to those early days when you're an entrepreneur you've got this beta product and then what like what were the next steps that you knew that you needed to do to succeed
3: so my next steps were trying to get
2: funding Mm, back to funding
3: back to to funding because um at some point you're you're proving out the, the concept which we did um we went ahead and got some people to commit to signing up in mm-hmm. a single
2: platform, we had beta users. Um, well, let we had- me pause you, pause you right there because I feel like people get stuck on this part too. We're talking about getting users. How did you get users? I know you were connected in the, in the music industry, but you know, like walk us through because people don't realize the lifting that you have to do as an entrepreneur um, yourself. There's nobody else to do it. So how did you go about getting your first set of users to actually use the product?
3: with um, the music program at Georgia State.
2: Smart.
3: I had some interns there and the interns got me in and they were plugging this the technology in their studio, plugging it to their their teacher and their professor. I became a regular at, at the school and um, folks that came on early on to my team became regulars there. And um, that's how we, we got our first set of users. And what a grind. Yeah, one school went to Morehouse, went to Spelman, went to uh, outside. You know, the, the, the younger crowd really brought it to the older folks and made it something to, to do.
2: I love this because it speaks to the real truth of entrepreneurship. Everyone thinks they're going to be an entrepreneur so that they can like vacation on a beach. But really you are like a door to door salesman, like every day selling knives, like, Hey, knocking on the doors, you know, and it's, it's not cool. Like you were like, I was at the schools. You weren't chilling with Diddy at Bad Boy. Like, Hey, you want to take, you try my app? You know, you get there, but it's, it's a grind. <laughs> Tell us about a moment that you remember where you were like, okay, I've done something really cool here, you know, that you can look back on and you were like, huh.
3: Wow. There's so many interesting little, um, experiences. Um, you know, one of the things that really made me say, ah, wow, is I got an invite from NASA to come to speak to them and consult with them on music technology.
2: Wow. As they in NASA, take me to outer space, NASA?
3: Space, NASA ha- flew me, flew me out, flew you girl out to or, um, Florida to discuss with them how they can repurpose um, surveillance technology, audio surveillance technology to help musicians um, with their IP, you know, finding their music across the world.
2: Okay, now <laughs> that is surreal, literally surreal. I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I am going to NASA, some of the most highest technology, not even on this Earth, because it's we're now talking about like the universe." And they were like, "We want to know what you've built. Come on, Black Girl Magic. That's incredible." And I'm like, "You guys can invest in my company, you know?
3: Like, I'm hot, I hear fundraising."
2: Yeah. Did they invest? Uh,
3: No. Well, they they wanted me to work on their project and um, Uh. (laughs) and um, the technology, it it was hard enough to sell blockchain right at the time for me to sell NASA technology surveillance to um, studios and musicians. So I didn't think they were, they were a little bit before their time, you know, maybe. 10 more years from
2: now. Wow. And so, I mean, even just you saying like before their time, you know, there is so much time for people to get involved in blockchain. I think it is going to be like our new internet revolution. You know, we talked about our age a little bit back there, remembering when ATMs started popping up, you know, and there's kids today that can't even remember what the Dewey Decimal System was or, you know, life before the internet. And I think this is going to be the future for, you know, blockchain. I remember when I was at Tech Square Labs, I had an intern from Georgia Tech and you know she was working beside me and I remember asking her if she could help me write a check. So I gave her my paper checkbooks for we were doing, you know, um, billing for TechSquare Labs and like five minutes later she came back, she was like, I don't know how to do this. And I think this is the epitome of what, you know, digital payments are going to like one day no one's going to remember, you know, cash money and it seems like far in advance right now, but we're getting there.
3: We are here, yeah. and you know, uh, my my mom is texting me, "Hey, let let me tell you about this cryptocurrency deal thing that I'm, I'm in." I'm like, "Mom, what are you talking about? How did you get into this?" <laughs> uh-huh. So it's going beyond the the ages too, and and that's really good to see something
2: okay. progress. Oh, my gosh, I love that when you know it's something when our the older generation, our parents, are for calling us being like, oh, let me tell you about my crypto stocks. It's real, guys. Get on board. Um, I want to take us back to NASA because I'm just fascinated with that. And I think that is just such an incredible story. Um, you know, you built this company, you had this idea, and all of a sudden you had a superstar like NASA calling you to talk about what you um, were building. When you walked in there, what did you show them? Was it a demo? Was it a deck? Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Um, The person leading the project saw me pitch. Mm -hmm. They were in in Atlanta and they saw me pitch and they did the research and I got emails. So I didn't really have to, they already knew about me before I got there. (laughs) And uh, so what, what they were pitching to me So I was in the the, the boardroom at the head of the table as they gave me their PowerPoint
2: pitch as to, Oh, this gets better and better. They were trying to sell you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's a great story. I really love that. If that is not motivation on this money moves podcast, I don't know what is.
3: (laughs) I love it. And you know what, you know, as an entrepreneur and, and you do grow, Um, tremendously as a leader, but of course, as you're growing, it's the hardest stage. It's like trying to, like a baby trying to walk. So when this happened to me, guess what? I didn't even appreciate it. I was so worried about something else that it didn't register me to, to me that I was, I've just been flown out by NASA and I'm sitting here. I was, you know, almost, I mean, now I can think back. and like, oh my God, I was not in the moment. I know. (laughs) And now I'm in the moment, because I'm like, have grown from that that place. But entrepreneurs, please, you know, this journey is, is special, it's awesome, and you need to appreciate every moment. That's my lesson, but I did not get to appreciate NASA the way I should have in the moment.
2: I, I could see that. And there's a phrase that always comes to mind with me when you ask an entrepreneur, like, hey, how's your day going? And there's either one of two answers, like either entrepreneurship is killing me or I'm killing it. And there's no in-betweens. There's days when everything is going great, and then there's days when you're like, everything is going horrible because it's that high stress. And then there's those days in the middle that you look back and you're like, wow, I just went to NASA. That was pretty incredible. Um, So Faro, as we talk about your journey, and entrepreneurship is truly a journey, can you tell us a little bit more about what you're working on now? (laughs)
3: Yeah, so um, I told you about my fundraising efforts in my early stage. Unfortunately, we didn't get to raise um, enough for us to continue going and getting those those folks onto the platform using it, so we can, you know, slowly mm-hmm. g- get into what all SaaS uh, collaboration products have to do. They have to sustain long enough for it to be valuable. Yeah, we couldn't do that. So um, as soon as we had launched we fortunately got with abigail disney and she approached us to uh bring in film and television and wow. theater those those type of um creators into the platform because they too have ip issues but more so what we've built was something beautiful mm-hmm. and something that creatives wanted to be inside of and um that was unique so the thing that we were like trying to trick the musician studio ended up being the thing that other people resonated resonated with other people. So uh, after we built, we did the pilot with her. It was twenty early last year where COVID hit, mm-hmm. and now her community that she brought into to us, um, which is Level Four, is the company they now needed to present their content it wasn't so much collaboration yeah we need to survive we need to sell this movie we need to sell this play or present a script reading and so the opportunity for us to take this very creative environment and make it a very creative uh, interactive event environment specifically for these people who were very creative um, came about and so uh, we finished like the, yes. the, the second we finished this kind of pivot, though Mm -hmm. it was an addition to, to, you know, collaborate. And then when you're collaborating after you can create very beautiful, interactive experiences around your content that finished um, in September of last year, between September and December, we had over 150 events. Wow. 150 (laughs) events. That's a lot. That's a lot. And we, we, and and, in COVID, we had political figures. And in COVID, we sold films in there. Um, We've, you know, just had some phenomenal events that were really cool. And um, even this year, we've worked with Amazon Studios at Coming to America 2. We're working with Comcast Sports, like I mentioned before, (laughs) and um, doing Destruct Africa. And there's just so many, so much opportunities now. We've found another great segue from an industry that's just now starting to boom. This segue is, hey, media entertainment customers absorb content different. They mm-hmm. don't like it mm-hmm. They don't like, you know, very, you know, I call it the, the, the your dad's event management tool, right? They want something very, that their customers are used to seeing, which is what they are used to seeing in, in that launch party at the, the club or you know yeah, So, yep. you know, <laughs> so that, that's what we've built. And um, it's it's really it's really amazing to kind of see the, the transition from from what I was doing before, <laughs> which was very it's very fulfilling um, to what we're doing now, which you know, we're estimating
2: double digit multi-million dollar numbers within the next year or two. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. And I mean, I can't wait to have you back again to talk more about this because I think you are the true epitome of an entrepreneur. You started with an idea, you built a product um, and you've had to pivot and reiterate, but you're continually apo- continually applying this product into new markets and just growing beyond and beyond. And I think you said what type of revenue numbers? Cause that's pretty impressive. It's, it's up there. It's up
3: there. It's it's really cool to to kind of see with your hard work kind of kind of coming through and um you know there's always something to kind of watch out for which is hey this is new and you're still having to um get into places that you're not going to see yourself in right so there's still barriers to to break that's why we're we're working with the caribbean we're working with jamaica wow uh, (laughs) with africa and we're, you know, despite what, despite anything, work with who wants to work with you, uh, find communities. There's, you know, money all over the world. There is
2: money uh, all excited. over the world.
3: <laughs> There's money all over the world. And as an entrepreneur, it's your job to find where it is and find solutions that fit. It.
2: And I often say that, you know, the biggest and best companies like you have to dream really big because the big you dream big, you solve problems that are really big and you solve problems that are applicable all over the world. So Farah, thank you so much. Congratulations. And we will be following your journey. Farah, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. It is also incredibly inspiring for our Money Moves audience to get to hear stories of other Black entrepreneurs who are building incredible things in the technology world. So more power to you, sister, and keep making those money moves. Make sure you keep it locked in. We'll be solving another one of your money-related problems on money versus moves. Be sure to tune in to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood. Here's a sneak peek of what's coming up next. Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to bankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Stay tuned tomorrow and every day this week for very special Money Versus Moves. Our letter that came in today is really about how do you get someone from an entirely different generation to see things your way? I already love it. More from our expert. Not only musicians, but artists. Just graphic artists.
3: Um, Anything to be monetized on the blockchain. Your art is currency.
2: That's incredible. And a guest you won't want to miss. The one, the only, Angel Rick
3: stacker, essentially, we reverse engineered the fair asset credit reporting system and applied game mechanics to it. Yeah. So it's similar to Candy Crush, except for swapping around candy and swapping around
2: credit types. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: From BBC Radio 4.